We have reached the day, the day of the culmination of the 2021 Men's NCAA Basketball Tournament Championship Monday night as number one unbeaten Gonzaga goes for history in an unbeaten season against a fellow number one seed, the Baylor Bears, for all the marbles at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. I am the very much enthused, very much ready to go host of the program, T.J. Reeves. Coming up momentarily, Mark Wise, my analyst on TuneIn for the last eight years and all of these Final Fours. We're reunited on Championship Monday, and it feels so good. Mark will be here with me to give insight and analysis. Love his insight from ESPN, the SEC Network, et cetera, on this championship game tonight. Later on in the program, Adam Zagoria of the Zags blog, the New York Times, great writer out of the New York, New Jersey area, Great historian of the Final Four in college basketball. Great insider in terms of coaching news and recruiting. Look forward to talking to Adam Zagoria about all of those things here in a bit on the program. Reminder, however you found us, social media link, etc. We're here in the Monday preview mode on TuneIn on the TAG Sports Group channel, TAG, TAG Sports Group. Look forward to under sports, streaming top and bottom of the hour, podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. We will be back after the title game as soon as it is done with a new show Monday night and into Tuesday morning early. Look for the show on the TAG Sports Group channel, streaming top and bottom of the hour and in podcast form. Whomever wins, whether it's Gonzaga joining Indiana as the first unbeaten team in over 40 years in college basketball, or the Baylor Bears get their first championship in program history and pull the upset of Gonzaga no matter what happens. We're back with a post-game show after the game later on Monday night. All of that done, let's bring in uh, here my analyst from ESPN, the SEC Network, and on TuneIn for the last eight years. We are not together in Indy, but this is the next best thing to get to preview this thing with Gonzaga and Baylor. So welcome. Happy Championship Monday. We've got a lot to discuss. You know, TJ, uh, I, I go back to after the uh, second semifinal game the other night, I go back to uh, Albuquerque and in the pit. I was there as a young assistant coach when NC State shocked the world and, and beat Houston in that finals. And what was interesting to me is um, everybody remembers the Louisville-Houston game on Saturday because that was the feature attraction. And scalping back then was legal in New Mexico. And you couldn't get a ticket. You, you, could not, you could not buy a ticket to the Saturday game. And it was like the NC State-Georgia game was like just nothing more than a simple appetizer. And then on Monday night, because the game was so lopsided in terms of on paper between Houston and NC State, you couldn't give a ticket away. Now, the only thing missing in this tournament is fans. And it would be the complete opposite, I think, tonight. I think fans would scream for ticket tonight. Any way you could get in to see this matchup would be um, uh, a kind of a wonderful culmination of this strange college basketball season. Yeah, no doubt. Compressed and all in Indiana because of COVID-19. And you and I were there. I love to reminisce with you six years ago when Wisconsin had beaten Kentucky on semifinal Saturday and all the Kentucky blue exited Lucas Oil Stadium, <laughs> sold their tickets. And I vividly remember on that Monday night, Wisconsin and Duke, it was mainly Wisconsin red. Remember, right. Mark, probably 30,000, maybe 35,000 Wisconsin fans had ventured south to Indianapolis and invaded. Yeah, there was probably 10, 15,000 Duke fans. But to just convey what you remember, I remember a sea of red for the Badgers that not night, 70,000. 
not only did Big Blue Nation exit Lucas Oil Stadium, they exited the state of Indiana. So, <laughs> you know, that it, it, it's interesting because one of the things that I miss about the championship game are the celebrities. Uh, whether you're talking about Magic Johnson in the stands rooting for Michigan State, Michael Jordan in the stands rooting for North Carolina, sitting in a seat just like you and I are. I mean, everybody becomes a fan on championship night. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This is, It's interesting. We started the year talking about Gonzaga and Baylor being a little bit better than everybody else, and lo and behold, here we are um, some four months later talking about Gonzaga and Baylor. Love the voice of Mark Wise, MW Hoops on Twitter. He'll be tweeting away for this one tonight. Uh, what a battle for Gonzaga and Baylor. To your point, just a quick story before we get back to the semifinal win by Gonzaga, the epic win. I haven't gotten your thoughts yet on that. And then the preview of tonight's game as Baylor did their dirty work and got it done easily with Houston on Saturday. Uh, we were together the last time Gonzaga was in the championship game and Gonzaga was playing Oregon uh, in the national semifinal that was in Glendale, Arizona. And I remember I left you at press row because I was going to do something else. I was going uh, out of the end zone past the Oregon section and along press row, there was a gentleman trying to convince the security guards that he had the correct pass to get down near the Oregon bench and the Oregon players. And they told him, no, that's not the right pass. You need the gold pass. And so he went to go get another pass. And I said to the two security guards, probably middle-aged security guards, do you know who that just was that you told he doesn't have the right pass? They were polite. Everybody was cool. They said, no, who's that? I said, ever heard of Phil Knight from Nike? That was Phil Knight trying to get down to his Oregon team and people. They're like, oh, my God. If he comes back, we got to let him down. I said, I'm just letting you know. I'm just trying to help you out. To your point about celebrities and who's there, whether it's presidents, uh, whether it's movie stars uh, that come and attend this. We saw Aaron Rodgers was in the stands that night six years ago for Wisconsin trying to win the national championship as a Green Bay Packers star, Super Bowl winning quarterback. You never know who's going to be around uh, from this day. What is it now if you're big into the reality shows and the home and garden channel and the, and the, uh, the home improvement shows chip and Joanna Gaines are a big deal uh, with their whole brand and uh, everything they do. I can't even remember the name of the show off the top of my head, but they're probably the most famous Baylor connection because chip Gaines played baseball at Baylor. His wife, Joanna is the great decorator of all the stuff with the Magnolia line of, of clothes. What is it? Fixer upper. The name just came to me. You're going going deep on me. Hey, Hey, they are mega stars in the reality TV world of home improvement. And chip Gaines is as big a Baylor fan as there is in the world. It would shock me if he doesn't find a way into Lucas oil stadium for this tonight. Uh, on that all right enough of me rambling on you have the floor Gonzaga UCLA just an epic epic game and finish with the half court shot from Suggs UCLA Valiant I've said enough your thoughts uh, in the historical perspective etc go ahead Mark well two things one is three of the four teams that played on Saturday were just sensational and I thought one of the things that got lost in the lopsided score in Twitter world, it, it, it just amazes me that everybody was already like throwing Houston under the bus and saying, my goodness, I hope Monday night saves the final four. I, I thought that whole chatter was ludicrous because it didn't pay homage to how good Baylor was in the game. And I think we've kind of lost sight of that. 
Getting to the second game, the number that stands out to me is 47. That's the number of assists that were in the game. That's how well played the game was in terms of both teams shooting right around 58%. Yeah, teams were looking for switches and isolations, but they played off that. They didn't force shots. Juzang, if, if you're asking me who's the most valuable player in this tournament, not the final four, the tournament, it has to be Johnny Juzang. And he was sensational again. Uh, so from that standpoint, um, I, 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 as I mentioned, I was there at the pit. I, I saw that firsthand. I was, um, I was in Lexington when Villanova did the miracle. Um, I, I, I've been into all these Final Fours. I put that game right up there with it. I, I mean, that I was not at the Kentucky-Duke game. Uh, but I think when you talk about not only one of the great games and finishes in Final Four history, when you throw that combination together, then that game Saturday has to be in everybody's top five, in my opinion. Amen. Uh, and as Matt Zimmick, our colleague, said Saturday night, whenever you bring up Kentucky Duke regional final Christian Leitner shot 104-103 and you compare a game to it, that says it all. And this right. game deserves to be there with Juzang, much like Sean Woods, making the tying shot in this case that'll be forgotten because Jalen Suggs makes the half-court shot. I was sitting beside you for Chris Jenkins' three-pointer for the win, right. Villanova in Houston. That's for the national title. That's not a Final Four semifinal, but a buzzer beater for the national title. We went berserk just like everybody else. Charles, Charles Barkley about created an earthquake around us, <laughs> jumping up and down with the set on press right. row. We were there for but that. These are magical moments, Mark. But even that Villanova and North Carolina game was not as well played as the game the other night in terms of, you know, I think Gonzaga's largest lead was seven. UCLA's largest lead was six. It was back and forth. They had 19 lead changes, Incredible. I think, in the game. So from that standpoint, from start to finish, I talked about UCLA needed to survive the early clubber Lang rounds. They did that. I talked about they had to have a three-point presence. They did that. Um, they had to limit uh, Gonzaga in terms of three-point. They did that. So from that standpoint, it's a marvelous game. Uh, uh, one for the ages. And Suggs had a fantastic play in the game with a block oh. shot, go grab oh. the ball, make a tremendous pass for a dunk. And you're thinking that might be the signature play if they win. And instead, it's the half-court heave that goes in. The Gordon Hayward prayer that was in Indianapolis for Butler against Duke that didn't get answered. Right. This right. one does get answered. That's tremendous. All right, put the coaching hat on again. You coached in a Final Four on the staff with Purdue. You've broadcasted Final Fours. What about the X's and O's for these teams uh, as they get ready to go for a national title? What does this come down to, Mark Wise? Well, I think you're always coaching concerns. Well, what are your concerns in terms of matchups? If I'm Mark Few, I'm a little concerned that Kispert's not shooting the ball well right now. And they're going to go against a Baylor team that is outstanding at guarding the perimeter. If I'm Scott Drew, I'm concerned about what are we going to do with Timmy? Because I think he's the matchup problem for Baylor. Baylor will be fine matching up on the perimeter with, in my opinion, with Suggs and Nimhart um, um, and Kispert, um, Ayayi, um, and so on. So what are they going to do with Timmy? Because they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody that can, that can match up with Timmy. 
I'm expecting one of two things to happen. I'm expecting Baylor to utilize all their big guy fouls on Timmy and not let him score at the rim. Or two, I would be – I think there's a chance Baylor may go, okay, we're going we're gonna to live with the mismatch on Timmy, but we're going to play small ball. And they're going to play Mayer at the five and make Timmy guard out on the perimeter and see if they can open up the lane for all those guys that can drive so efficiently for Baylor. On both of these teams and throughout this tournament, we saw the success of UCLA – Point to any team. Houston making shots up to this point to get to the Final Four. Making shots is critical. It's how UCLA stayed in the game the other night, shooting 58% and yet still losing the game uh, because Gonzaga was just that much better. Making shots will be critical. One more on this. Again, you broadcasted Florida Gator Radio Network National Championship wins a couple of times, 06, 07. You broadcasted in the Final Four on TBS in the 2014 tournament. When we get to Championship Monday night, convey to the audience here on College Basketball Coast to Coast, what is that like for you, the atmosphere? You and I have been together for many of these. You sat next to me as my Memphis Tigers got their heart broken at the Alamo (laughs) Dome in San Antonio in overtime. Mario Chalmers, I've still Still not forgiven you for that. Uh, tell me, tell me what it's like for you. Tell me what you think this will be like tonight. I think one of the big challenges for any coaching staff, as well as broadcasters, is the length of Monday. The game doesn't start until nine twenty Eastern time, so it'll be um, um, a long day. Uh, I, there's a lot of time to get uptight. And I think that's one of the challenges for both of these coaches. Now, I do think this, I do think with limited attendance, I I haven't seen a lot of that. I haven't seen a lot of that in the tournament, um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, it's a different light tonight. We talk about um, who can play when the lights are the brightest. Well, they don't get any more bright than what's going to happen tonight. So from that standpoint, uh, I think you have to manage the time of the day. This is this is unusual. Most people play at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Sometimes, maybe once or twice a year, you're going to play at 9 o'clock. But now, all of a sudden, you're playing a 9-20 game. It changes your routine. No question about it. Well, and again, I know you joined me here in saying bravo to Dan Gavitt and the entire army of people around right. operations of the NCAA tournament and executing this thing for the men and for the women. A great women's Final Four won by Stanford. Tara Vanderveer wins her second national title 29 years after winning the first one as Stanford beat Arizona on Sunday night. They have pulled all of this off with minor hiccups or so in the NCAA tournament. I know you you want to say one more time, bravo yeah. that we got here and we got this pulled off, Mark, and get ready for the title game. I got to tell you, TJ, I'm amazed that only one team um, ran into a COVID problem during the tournament. I, I thought there would be more. Um, so from that standpoint, it's been a little bit of a logistical miracle to pull the tournament off and get to this point. Um, I, 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 go, I come back to this. I'm so thrilled for the players. The coaches get paid to do this. And I get it. We can argue about the players are also getting paid. I mean, that's a separate conversation for another day. But the players, in terms of what they've had to endure, um, I'm saying that this is a guess based on talking to a lot of people. 
I'm saying players have been tested probably a hundred times this season alone, uh, maybe more. So from that standpoint, to always have that in the back of your mind in terms of a concern to get to this point uh, truly is quite an accomplishment. And I'm looking forward to it. Are you ready for Gonzaga and Baylor? We could be talking about the first unbeaten team. Speaking of Indiana, since Bob Knight's 1976 Indiana team with Buckner and Benson and May and those right. guys, if Gonzaga gets this, Mark Wise, here we go. It's going to be interesting because the teams cook their bacon just a little bit different. Um, you know, Baylor is the number one three-point shooting team in the country, according to Ken Palm. Gonzaga is the number one two-point shooting team in the country. Think about this. Against UCLA the other night, Gonzaga was 30 for 42 from two-point range. That's 71% in the game. There's a little bit of tug of war. I, I think Baylor will be comfortable playing at Gonzaga's pace, even though their tempo is listed about 200. Um, I think they've kind of got a, a counterpunch transition game. Uh, they won't run it up and down the whole time. I'm really – this is the first time all year I'm a, I've said this. I'm concerned that Gonzaga's uh, – I, I think they have a couple of average defenders in terms of Kispert and Nemhart on the perimeter. And I think Baylor has the advantage there. I think it's a game of geography. If the game is won at the three-point line, I think that favors Baylor. If it's won in the paint, I think that favors Gonzaga. And I got to tell you, after watching the other night, I think Baylor's in a different zone. And I think Baylor's going to get it done tonight. Wow. All right. Well, we'll find out. Gonzaga got to this point. 2017 in North Carolina beat them four years ago. Now a chance at immortality. National title undefeated. Baylor fully capable. We didn't get the game earlier in the year. Ironically, coincidentally, because of COVID-19. Now here we are in the COVID-19 compressed tournament. We get it in the title game. Promise me that I get a breakdown from you when it is over, Mark Wise. I look <laughs> forward to that. Uh, let's enjoy this tonight. Thank you for the time here in the preview mode on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Enjoy it, TJ. We do continue along on this championship Monday. It is college basketball coast to coast. Another friendly reminder that when everything is done with Gonzaga and Baylor, we're back with a post-game show late night, Monday night. Be looking for it. Be subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, to College Basketball Coast to Coast. Show will also be streaming on TuneIn, free. TuneIn app is free. Go under Tag Sports Group, T-A-G, Tag Sports Group. Show will be there at the top and bottom of the hour. As soon as the game is done, we're there. It'll be hot out of the oven with all the takes. Maybe we're talking about unbeaten history for Gonzaga, or maybe we're talking a Baylor upset, their first ever national title, whatever it is. It's going to be one of those two things. We'll be talking about it tonight. I love talking about it with this man uh, out of the New York, New Jersey area. You talk about somebody that's on it. He is on it, in particular in around that area, but the national college basketball scene. I am just disappointed. We are reunited virtually, Adam Zagoria, <laughs> but we are not poolside physically together at a Final Four, which we've done like the last three or four Final Fours. I remember interviewing you in Arizona. You had just taken a dip in the pool. You were still <laughs> like dripping wet. Our, our chats are usually a Monday chat poolside, but it's still great to see you and great to have you. It's great to see you. We'll just have to imagine, TJ, that there's a pool uh, next to us, but we'll be back there hopefully next year watching the games in person and, and poolside. 
Yeah, we have we have made it a poolside chat, and there will be another day. I, I love that. Okay, give me a quick um, snapshot here, a quick overview. They have done, I just said this to Mark Wise when we departed on our conversation, they've done an amazing job to pull this off, have they not? And even though we all can't be there and it's limited fans, we just we, we got to applaud figuratively and tip the hat that we have gotten to this point and gotten the tournament played. My thoughts, Adam, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, they lost, you know, whatever it was, $350 million uh, last year not having the tournament. It was obviously heartbreaking to all those kids. Like, you know, I covered Miles Powell and Seton Hall and Obi Toppin and Dayton. You know, those kids will never know what could have been had they played in the tournament. You know, Seton Hall, maybe they get to a Final Four. Maybe Obi Toppin gets to a Final Four. We'll never know. Um, the fact that we're here a year later, they really only had one game that didn't go down, that VCU – Oregon game. Um, we're set up here tonight for the game everybody wants to see, including Magic Johnson and Charles Barkley. So I think um, the NCAA and Dan Gavitt and his his staff should take a bow. And I said as well for the women's tournament, they played the whole women's tournament. It was a thrilling Final Four, and Tara Vanderveer's Stanford team wins it. It's just uh, nothing short of amazing that everybody pulled together with a bunch of hard work, a bunch of testing, and remaining vigilant to be able to pull this off. And a lot of sacrifice of time um, and not being able to be around family and loved ones at all, et cetera, et cetera. So we take all of that into account. Okay. Uh, I, I, the floor is yours. I, I have run out of ways to describe it and adjectives for Gonzaga, UCLA, and that ending. Go for it, whatever you like, because it was something else with Suggs hitting the half court shot to put Gonzaga in the title game, Adam. Yeah. I mean, look, I think big picture. Um, Again, this is the game everybody wants to see. What's kind of crazy is the way we got here. I mean, Baylor, Baylor's game was over at the half. It was 45-20. They just, you know, Houston was never in that game. Um, and they Baylor just kind of cruised in the second half. Then Gonzaga comes up and UCLA played the game of their lives. You know, they could have easily won that game. They forced it into overtime. And Gonzaga wins only when a freshman hits a 33-foot three-pointer off the window at the buzzer. So we end up we end up getting the game we want, but it's, you know, nobody could have predicted that Baylor would be the team that rolled and Gonzaga would be in a dogfight. Um, you know, I've talked to a bunch of my colleagues and people in the past couple of days asking me, friends, you know, is Gonzaga going to be tired out? Are they going to have any, you know, juice left? Or, you know, are they in, in doubt? Look, I don't buy any of that. I had Gonzaga winning this thing. From the beginning, I'm not changing now. These are a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old kids. They will have had basically 48 hours to rest. Plus, they're going to be going on adrenaline tonight. I don't think there's any issue with fatigue or any of that nonsense. Um, and I think, you know, look, UCLA scored 90 points, TJ, 90, and they still lost. Voice of Adam Zagoria. Find him at Adam Zagoria, Z-A-G-O-R-I-A. Um, find him on social media that way written up a preview in the New York Times online also Forbes.com for this game his own site zagsblog.com covers college basketball coaching carousel I got to ask him about that here in a second Uh, great at the zagsblog.com as well love his insight Uh, whenever and I just said this again a little while ago on the same show whenever you bring up Duke Kentucky 92 and the Leitner shot for a great game that was not a national title game this game goes right in there 
with that in terms of drama in a Final Four game. Now, we saw Chris Jenkins again win the national championship for Villanova on a three-point shot at the end. Lorenzo Charles catching what Derek Wittenberg claims is still a pass to this day for (laughs) NC State Houston, even though we believe it was an air ball. That's as dramatic as it gets to win a national championship at the buzzer. But still, I mean, that game is an all-timer. And I'll put this one to you. It's kind of like the U.S. hockey team beating the Russians. We've said this this weekend previously. They win that game 40 years ago, and our memories fade that that was not the gold medal game. Epic win, but it was not the gold medal game. They still had to beat Finland a couple days later. I wonder if Gonzaga goes on to do this, make history, finish undefeated, if 15 years from now, we don't know, 20 years from now, we don't believe that the UCLA half-court shot was for the national title, and it kind of melds together. Do you buy that at all, Adam, real quick? Yeah, that's great analysis. I mean, I think you and I were both there for the Christian Jenkins shot. I mean, I was, I was courtside yes. for that. You know, and it was just uh, you watch the whole play unfold. He gets the pass. It goes in. Uh, you know, Jay Wright, kind of like Mark Few, both coaches, pretty stoic at the moment, right? Like, Jay wasn't freaking out. He, he thought Chris Jenkins was going to make the shot. And then Mark Few with a straight face on CBS says, you know, I knew he was going to make the shot. He practices it all the time. And actually, I talked to uh, Brian Sandifer, who is Jalen Suggs' AU director with the Grassroots Sizzle in Minnesota. Yesterday, I talked to him for 15 minutes. I said, were you surprised at that shot? He said, no. The kid's been making those shots his whole life. He told me when Jalen was 13, he played up in uh, AAU against the 17 and under uh, Tyus Jones or Trey Jones, one of the Joneses, and Jalen hit three three pointers in a row, and his team beat um, Howard Polish. Apparently, Jalen had three thousand more Twitter followers added after that shot. You know, uh, Dwayne Wade and LeBron were tweeting about it. Mm. I was watching the I was watching the Yankee game with my dad yesterday, and David Cohn and Michael Kay were talking about. It. David Cohn said he he was staring with his jaw dropped at the TV for half an hour after the shot. So, you know, everybody saw that it's good for college basketball and hopefully we get something similar tonight. Let's hope so for Gonzaga and Baylor coming just after nine Eastern time in Indianapolis. I can't let you get out of here without asking you something here or there about the coaching carousel, which has spun all over the place. It it most recently has seen Chris Beard take the Texas job, which was expected. I really thought it's easy to say now Porter Moser would be patient and he ends up taking the Oklahoma job, which I think is a really good job. Now with Roy Williams's retirement, North Carolina, a blue blood job. Do they stay in the family? Do they go outside the Carolina tree? Give me some analysis just for a minute here on the carousel that's always spinning, and you're right in the middle of it reporting it. You were one of the first guys that had it out there about Porter Moser to Oklahoma. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, well, I think you got to start with North Carolina, TJ. It's obviously one of the biggest jobs in college basketball, if not the biggest. You know, from everything you hear, it's going to be probably Hubert Davis or Wes Miller, um, the Greensboro coach now. You know, Hubert, as we all know, is kind of a shy, you know, um, withdrawn guy. He's not very outgoing. He's not, he's not Dagham Roy Williams. So, you know, some people I talk to wonder if, if Hubert would really want the job. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint and everything like that, he's more than capable. He played in the NBA and he's been on Roy's staff. But there's a lot that goes into being the head coach of a program like a Carolina or a Duke besides just coaching up the Jimmys and the Joes, you know, you got to sell the program. you got to go on TV. you got to be the brand. And, um, 
you know, Hubert, I, I'm not sure if he's, if he's that guy. Um, you know, Wes Miller, younger guy, Carolina guy. A lot of people seem to like him. Some people down there seem to think he's been the heir apparent. So I, I think it'll be, end up being one of those two. You know, you hear talk about a, a Brad Stevens or a Billy Donovan or a Jay Wright. You know, maybe they make those phone calls. I don't see those things happening. Very interesting. And a guy, a guy that's plugged in is Adam Zagoria. Again, find the Zags blog. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Zagoria, Z-A-G-O-R-I-A. I always love the insight. I'm with you. Let's hope we get a good one. We'll see if it is Gonzaga with the perfect season to join Indiana. So many have come close. Indiana State is the last team to get to this point. 1979 with Larry Bird. They didn't get it done against Magic and Michigan State that night. Let's see if Gonzaga can or will it be Baylor? It should be, uh, it should be a great game. And, I, you know, again, we shouldn't lose sight of the fact that Gonzaga is really, you know, if they win this game, they'll, they'll go down as immortals in college basketball, the first undefeated team since Bob Knight in Indiana. And if they lose, um, you know, they're going to be the, the team that was undefeated until they lost. And then it's Baylor as the champ. I, I promise there will be another time where you and I get to be poolside and do this. I always love your insight. We'll share in this virtually tonight. Adam Zagoria, thank you for the time on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Thanks, TJ. Anytime, buddy. And there we go. The stage is set for Gonzaga to make history, or will it be Baylor? I think it will be the Zags. We're going to find out what happens, and we'll be back with a post-game show when the game is done tonight in Indianapolis right here, however you found us, on the Tag Sports Group channel on TuneIn at the top and the bottom of the hour. The show will be streaming or in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe, and the show's going to come automatically to you when it's done, late night, Monday night, overnight, and even Tuesday morning. Recap and analysis. My thanks to Mark Wise for being with me on this episode my analyst adam zagoria of the zags blog enjoy the game gonzaga and baylor we'll talk about it when it's done tonight on college basketball coast to coast bye